Last episode, I discussed the subject of threat and error management and focused on the internal and external threats to our everyday flying. This episode, we continue that theme and look at errors pilots can make and some strategies to avoid them. All that and more coming right up. So strap in and let's get into it. G'day everyone and welcome to episode 79 of the Flight Training Australia podcast. All about flight training and flying in Australia and beyond. I'm your host, Trent Robinson. Thank you for joining me. Well, I've had some interesting conversations over the last few weeks talking to people from all over, uh, pilots, employers, and everything in between. The employment cycle is creating a huge amount of pilot movement, as we all well know. The impacts on this, however, are widespread and not necessarily in everyone's favour, providing opportunities and accelerated careers for some pilots, but also huge overheads in training and retraining and finding the right number of pilots and skilled pilots causing headaches for employers. The cost of training pilots only to lose them and then have to retrain is costing operators at the moment tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars. Not to mention experienced and senior pilots disappearing and not many people around eligible for roles in management or head of flying operations and head of operations for flight schools. Finding people for that sort of role is proving increasingly difficult. And let's face it, these are not roles that can be just filled. With limited resources, CASA can take months. And without people in these roles, companies face closure. So pilot boom or not, this isn't good for anyone. And it's not good for our industry. Employment cycles in aviation typically run around six to eight years. So whilst things are going well at the moment, it obviously won't last forever. That aside, we are ending up with less experienced head of operations having uh, been put in these roles and a lot of pressure and expectation put on them. So it is indeed challenging times for everyone. And this, in a way, feeds into the episode uh, topic today, which is the threat near management, defensive flying for pilots part two, and we're going to look at errors. So recapping, if you didn't listen to the last episode 78, I went all through what threat near management is and had a look at identifying threats, both internal and external. And as we said, this is applicable to everyone, regardless of their knowledge or experience. We could all be vulnerable to this at some stage. It's just normally an experienced pilot will usually recognize these conditions and apply defensive strategies automatically. So as Alexander Pope wrote, to err is human. As humans, we all make errors. In threat and error management, errors are defined as flight crew actions or inactions, which can lead to a deviation from crew or organizational intentions or expectations, reduce safety margins, increased probability of adverse operational events on the ground and during flight. James Reason, the man who formulated the famous Swiss cheese model, developed the basic error types. Adverse operational offense can be handling errors, procedural errors, or communication errors. 
And these errors can all happen as a result of a monetary diversion of attention, which we usually call a slip, or a memory failure, which we call a lapse, which can be induced by expected or unexpected threats. But before I break those down, there are also more deliberate, intentional non-compliance errors. These are often errors used to increase operational efficiency, but in violation of standard operating procedures, or SOPs. Think about a time you may have knowingly broken a rule or law. What was the process you went through in your mind that led you to the decision to break it? Maybe it was a little rule, you know, not an important one, at least in your mind. Think about coming to a, a, a crosswalk intersection and the red lights on the little red man says, nope, you can't cross. Now, initially, you're going to comply because the light's red and that's what we've all been taught to do. And that's the law. But there's no traffic. There's no cars. And, you know, you just want to cross the road and get on with it. So now the thought comes in, you know, it's illegal, but it's only a little bit illegal. If if there's others around you, they'll start looking at you, all thinking the same thing, but waiting for someone to take the first step. You look again, it's all clear, and you cross. What happens? Some others will most likely follow you. Without any knowledge of your assessment process, skills or expertise in red man light management, they follow. Now think back to aviation. Think of a time you knew a law or regulation or an SOP was about to be breached or being breached. However, you allowed others to convince you that it'll be okay. You probably felt conflicted inside. You trust, you trust experience, seniority of the decision maker, and you go along with it. And look, let's face it, in most cases, I'm sure there's no harm or no real danger to you or anyone else, which is most likely what formed a large part of justifying the decision in the first place. However, this can be the beginning of how far down the rabbit hole you allow yourself to go. So that can be deliberate, intentional, non-compliance errors. How about unintended actions? Well, as I said earlier, slips and failures in the execution of an intended action. Slips are actions that do not go as planned, while lapses are more memory failures. And you have heard that term before of we have a memory lapse, we forget to do something. So for example, pulling the mixture instead of the carburetor heat is a slip. It's a slip up. Forgetting to apply the carburetor heat is a lapse or a memory lapse. This is why we have things like checklists to help us. What about mistakes? Mistakes are failures in the plan of action. Even if execution of the plan was correct, it would not have been possible to achieve the intended outcome. While errors may be inevitable, we need to identify and manage them before safety margins are compromised. So typical errors in charter operations could include incorrect performance calculations. This would be a mistake. Inaccurate flight and fuel planning. This can be both slip up or a lapse. Non-standard communication. This could be mistakes or could just be outright violations. Deliberate. Aircraft mishandling, a bit of a slip up. All right, the list goes on. So back to our handling errors. 
Remember, we've got handling errors, procedural errors, or communication errors. Let's have a look at some examples there. So aircraft handling errors, flight controls, incorrect flaps or power settings, mishandling of the aircraft, ground navigation, attempting to turn down the wrong taxiway or runway, miss the taxiway runway gate, failure to hold short, not observing uh, airport signs, not planning where we're going adequately. Manual flying, right? handheld or hand flying for vertical lateral speed deviations. All right, there's a few examples. What about procedural errors? Okay, checklists. Perform the checklist from memory or admitting checklist items, missing items, performing late or at the wrong time. How many times have you used a checklist and still found that you've actually missed items on it? You probably swore that you'd done it and you thought you'd done it, but very clearly the switch is still in the wrong position. All right, documentation as a procedural error. Wrong weight and balance. Fuel information, ATIS. Uh, clearance misrecorded, misinterpreted items. All right, very easily done. Other procedural information, such as deviations from the regulations, the flight manual requirements, or the SOPs. And communication errors. All right, we've all had examples of those. Pilot to external. Missed calls, misinterpretation of instructions, incorrect readbacks to ATC, wrong clearances, wrong taxiways or runways. Pilot to pilot, internal crew miscommunication or misinterpretation. So all these things can lead to errors in one form or another. So the process of threat and error management is obviously to identify these errors and these threats, but that in itself is not enough. We need to learn how to manage them as well. There's no point doing a pre-flight briefing or a briefing as a, in your ab initio RPL, PPL training and have a bunch of threats and errors and undesired aircraft states listed at the end if A, they're not relevant to the flight and B, you're not going to do anything about them. What's the point of knowing that the weather is really bad and scary and still flying straight into it because, hey, you aren't going to be the one that makes a mistake and gets caught out. Remember that threat and error management complements risk management. It all goes together. This, obviously, then leads to undesired aircraft states. So next time, we're going to look at undesired aircraft states, what they are, the risk management, using countermeasures, and then examine some accidents and how threat near management principles were possibly identified and then either ignored or just outright not considered at all. All right, that's it for this week's episode. Thank you for listening. Love the feedback as always. You can email me info at trentrobinsonaviation.com.au. You can get me on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and LinkedIn. All the information is in the episode description attached to this episode. All right, until next week, blue skies, stay safe, and remember the golden rule. Aviate, navigate, communicate. Cheers, everyone. Cheers.